Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. I've got a couple um, fun and interesting guests because this is our 100th podcast uh, episode. And so I decided that for the 100th uh, episode, uh, I was going to sit down with uh, my three sons. Um, and there was a TV show called My Three Sons, by the way. Um, and uh, and ask them uh, some of the life lessons that they've learned along the way. Because uh, we've, we've been doing Training for Manhood as a podcast for two years, but we've been doing Training for Manhood uh, in the Panetti household for 20, how old are you, 23, 24, 24. We've been doing it for 20, well, 24 years. Um, and, uh, and so uh, Preston, Parker, and Campbell, uh, Sophie's not with us. She's in the other room because uh, this is Training for Manhood. Um, and we'll uh, we'll get her impressions on it maybe later. Um, but uh, Preston, welcome. You've been on a program. We talked about movies. Uh, so now we're going to just talk about things that you've learned along the way. So say hi to everybody. Hello. There you go. Parker. I am here. Yes. yes. Been on a, glad to be here. Been on a program before. And the new voice is going to be Campbell. So Campbell, t- say hi to everybody. Hello. That was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Campbell's got his hoodie on looking fresh and clean over there. He's, a, he's an actor. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Needs to shave before he gets to Saturday school, though. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, I did. I did want to um, just kind of set it up with uh, things that you guys have learned. Uh, what would you say would be um, the top lessons that um, have been instilled in you uh, in growing up to be men in the Panetti household? Right. So if if, uh, if a person didn't grow up here and they came in, um, what would you think would be the things that they would notice? Uh, that, hey, these things are important to the Panetti men in this particular household. Where do, where do you want to start? Well, I think something that's really important is when we go uh, like go out to eat or like when we're outside of the house, you would always say you bring the Panetti name with you. Yeah. So I'd always say you take it with you, though. Because you bring exactly. it to you. <laughs> take so, it it's a little grammar thing. I'm out of school, so it yeah. doesn't matter anymore. No, the grammar's important. But, yeah, you take but the Panetti name with you. just having the Panetti name, making sure that you understand that like when you're at restaurants, like you pray for your food and everybody sees what's going on. Not only are you taking the Panetti name with you, but you're also taking the Christian name. You're taking, um, you're showing people like by your actions. And so your actions, even when you're not at home, when you're not at school, like just other places, your actions tell a lot about the person, a lot about just the way that you were raised. Um, and a lot of people, growing up didn't grow up with like fam like really good families and um situations like this so everywhere we go we need to be on our best behavior so yeah. i think that's something that you instilled in us from a very young age and that we continue to use to this day i think it's a big part i think actions are important i think they validate um or they undermine right what you um what you say you believe if people just watch it um we used to talk about um orthopraxy and orthodoxy right so orthodoxy is just you know right um, thinking, um, uh, orthopraxy is right living. And I think super, both of them are super important um, that when people watch you, they don't know what you believe, but they can see what you believe by the way that you act. Uh, and so, yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that one, Preston. Um, your actions uh, speak louder than words. What else? 
Um, I think starting off with like smaller things because we always had to do smaller responsibilities before we got to bigger ones. Okay. But I remember like a famous dad quote is whenever we would make an excuse for something, he always say, I didn't ask. <laughs> so <laughs> like, oh, like, why didn't you take out the trash? Like, oh, it's Preston's day. He's like, I didn't ask. <laughs> You're sitting there and it's like, yeah, that's so my fault. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and also like, um, like growing up, we would like, throw our socks, you know, take them off and just drop them wherever. And, you know, dad would just look at them and be like, why are these here? And like, we'd come up with some excuse. And it's like, I didn't ask. Yeah. So I think a the lot infamous of infamous sock. Yeah. The infamous sock. There yeah. are never two. There's always only There's one. There's always only one. I know. Um, but the importance was, is that our responsibility and our response to a task wasn't because it was somebody else's. It's just because it was a task that was there. Yep. Um, and that started at a very young age of when we had chores to do of chores were chores that had to be done not to be assigned or that a certain person was supposed to do them. We did them because that's what a man does. And I remember just being like eight, nine, ten years old. And the dad's response to everything was, well, that's what a man does. And it seems like you're not one yet. <laughs> so <laughs> Training for manhood has said, truly been going a, on. But said with a smile, right? Yeah, with a smile. Okay. Um, no, never discipline. Never but discipline. <laughs> training for manhood truly has been going on for 24 years for Preston. And so it's still going. Still going. Still going. Still going. Still yes. going. Hey, there's, there's, never, there's never a time when we're not training for manhood, though. Right, mm-hmm. I'm 53 years old, still training for manhood, still have things to learn. Um, I remember you guys called me out um, when I um, facetiously talked about my um, uh, what, what I, I didn't ask for an apology. Do you remember yeah. that one? Right, <laughs> and uh, and you, uh, yeah, you guys got all over me because I did not apologize right. quickly. He's always right. <laughs> no, that's, I, one, that's one other thing I, we learned. I have <laughs> been I have been taught to apologize, and so I did not apologize in this particular situation. I was using it on a training for manhood podcast as a example of me setting something up, but I mean, in reality, <laughs> okay. I just, that's what it was. Yeah, that's just, what it was for. I just didn't yeah. apologize. So anyway. Appreciate you guys calling me out on that. So yeah, um, small things are important, and you learn and you grow in them. I think that's a really important uh, aspect that uh, that you've hopefully learned here. Campbell, what do you got? One um, more recent one, like you getting a new role at school that you kind of had to like Ooh. step into. It was yeah. like um, you said, "I'll do whatever it takes," and just like that uh, process, like mindset of like, no matter what it is, I'm going to do to my best ability because like I'm called to be like to higher standards so you're always like showing us like hey no matter what you're doing do it to the best ability no matter what it is whether it's cleaning the bathroom because somebody's coming over or whether it's a new job or whatever it is it's like if they're asked to do it or even if you're not asked to like always do it to the best ability that you can yeah yeah i think that's an important thing i think you guys have um tried to show that in different ways as well um, through athletics is a, is a lot of opportunities for you guys, right? When you're asked to play different mm-hmm. positions, when you have to do different things to help the team, um, you know, that, that's, that's a part. I, I see so many people who don't want to do that. Um, they're like, Hey, I want to play this role or, Hey, I want this particular number. Um, who, who was just telling me about, you know, Colorado with Dion, um, yeah. took, took all the numbers off the Jersey. And he's like, yeah, you guys don't get to come in here and pick your numbers. You yeah, got to earn them. You got to earn them. And I, I'm just like, uh, you know, wh- where has that been? Uh, in this particular culture, right? Everybody feels like, you know, they get to choose whatever they want. They don't have to earn anything. And it's just like, yeah, I think men understand that you've got to earn things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want, you know, that particular number, what, what was it? Like everybody wanted the single digit numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 
And he said, nobody gets the number zero because zero means nothing. Uh, and the first guy he picked on, you know, hey, what number do you want? He's like, zero. <laughs> like, wait, wait to listen, wait to yeah. learn. So I, I think that's an important aspect is um, whatever you're given to do, um, you know, do it uh, wholeheartedly, right? Um, I know, you know, at the school that we're at, you know, uh, Dr. Taylor always had his Colossians 323 concept. You guys learned that when you were young, right? That uh, you're going to do your work heartily as unto the Lord and not for men. Right. So that's that's an important principle, I think, from a manhood perspective. Um, what else? I think another saying that you like to use a lot kind of growing up and still to this day is if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. So we don't I always mean, follow that. But yeah. it's, it's a, it's a but great it's a, it's a good point. It's, it's a, a really point. good point. Yeah. I thought that that would work work well. But um, I think that just really helped, especially when we were outside the house, especially inside the house. But just understanding that. Um, you don't always need to say something. I mean, there, there doesn't always need to be a one up. There doesn't always need to be some kind of discouraging words because your words hold weight. And, um, a lot, a lot of the times the stuff that you say can really hurt people around you and can cause, I mean, it causes relationships to break. Yeah. And so I think that really helped us kind of growing up understanding that sometimes just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to read through scripture and see what God has to say about the power of the tongue, um, how you have the power of life and death, right, in your words, um, you know, how you're supposed to be truthful and honest, um, how you're supposed to build others uh, up with your words as opposed to tear them down. Um, you know, God says a lot about the power of the tongue, and I think it's a, uh, just an important aspect for us to, you know, you have an opportunity to open up your mouth and for something uh, positive, uplifting, um, you know, uh, um, something that you speak into the world to be of weight and significance. And I think I hear so many young men uh, that their words have no value, have no meaning, have no significance, have no weight to them. Uh, and it's a really unfortunate thing because I think God has given the role of the man, um, somebody who speaks into life, uh, that which is right. You, you have that opportunity to say, Hey, this is what you are. I think, you know, Adam's first job in the garden was naming the animals. Right. And that, that's what he called them, right? Whatever he called them, that's what they were. Uh, and I think that's what the still the role that we have today, right, is the role of the husband, is the role of the father, is the role of a man in a community, is to speak that which it is, right? So when you say something, right, when you call somebody stupid, right, then that's what you're speaking into that person. Um, or you can say, hey, you know what, you're uh, you're really you're a guy who really tries hard, you know, I appreciate your effort, and that's that's what you speak into it. So I think that's a really important thing. So. Um, not always doing it perfectly, but at least it's a standard that you want to set. So. Well, I think on words, like going back to like even grammar of like take and bring, there's so many <laughs> examples that we have of like a dad's <laughs> grammatical fixes of our words that still, we, wor- still working on it to this day. That like when you hear other people talk, you like fix subconsciously their words. But I think because the small things going back to that affects the big things yeah. and the words that we say do have so much life and death, um, and I think even not even having to focus on death as much, but like life is like, how are we encouraging each other? And I think it's weird as brothers um, for some people to encourage each other, but like being able to like find value and Hey, like your life, the way that you're living is encouraging to me. Um, and also being able to respond to, um, to words well. And a way to do that is by getting good words. And that comes from God's word. Yeah. And so um, dad has always loved reading and has pushed that. Um, Preston's probably taking the mantle on it the most, but we do love. I passed him up uh, <laughs> last few months. But he, learning, has been, he has been reading a bunch right now. So learning to read, um, no matter what it is, gives us a learn and a love to read 
God's word, I think really helped do that. And so our response when we have God's word in us, our response tends to be more what God's word looks like. And so learning the power of words is very big in our household and very big part of our training for manhood is that men think before they speak. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good episode, by the way. <laughs> um, Campbell, you got another one? Um, I think just like the importance of church and like going. It's like growing up, uh, I always tried to play like basketball and like we would always have tournaments on like the weekend. And like yeah. the biggest thing for you and me to decide was like, hey, like what time's church and what time are games on Sunday? Yeah. And it's like we always had to like, hey, if there's a game at 10 o'clock, I knew like, hey, coach, I couldn't be there. Right. And like all the kids would always be like, why can't you go? Like you can miss church. It's like, but like this is something in our household that's important to us, and like that's why we can't be there. And yeah. so it's always like church is something that it's like not optional because it's like where we get to grow with God, but also it's like shows like this is something that we love, and Jesus loves us. And so it's like we have to spend time, and that's one of the ways we get to spend time with Him. Um, and so like going to church is something that like has never been a question to us. And it may like sound like legalism and I, I feel like at times when we were younger maybe have felt that way yeah. but like the when we got older especially like press and i when we got to college and then we started to make that decision on our own we truly never made that decision like i don't remember saying like oh i think i'm gonna go to church today that was just something that we did as an outpour of our upbringing and it wasn't because you have to go to church it's because we get to go to church and i think that was the big thing growing up yeah. is when we were upset or tired or something like that dad do we have to go to church you go no we get to I think that is what washed legalism out, is that we get to go to church, we get to be with family, we get to be with God's people, we get to hear God's word, we get to worship. And when we learned that aspect, church no longer became optional, not because we had to go, but because we got to. Yeah. And so I, when you got to college, that's what gave us not even a choice, because it just, it just made sense. Yeah, I think another thing with when Parker and I were in college, like I think a lot of us really, I don't think we understood how difficult it was for people to go to church on Sunday. Like I'd wake up to go to church on Sunday and walk by just roommates and people who are just up doing other things. And it wasn't even a thought to them. And, um, I think that a lot of it for us, because we went every Sunday and it was never something we really thought about. So when I got to college and it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to church Sunday. And it, it wasn't something that was a problem, but for a lot of other people, because, people who kind of went here and there it was an it was a choice it was an option it was hey i'm tired it's the weekend yeah and i think that really helped us out. yeah i think a couple of things that people forget is that the the choice you're making on sunday morning is really probably made saturday night mm-hmm. uh, the things that you're doing saturday night if, if you're staying up really late and you're doing a bunch of different things right then yeah sunday morning when you get up it's hard right but if you're like hey i gotta get up sunday morning to go to church Right. Then you're making different decisions Saturday night. Um, I used to explain it to people like, you know, I mean, let's say you're a you know, huge Cowboys fan and somebody gives you tickets to the Cowboys game Sunday noon. Right. And it's just like people make you know choices and they say, hey, I've got these tickets. I get to go to the game. Um, you know, you get there early. I mean, you stay for the whole three hours. Right. I mean, it, it, it's it's weird to think that if somebody gave you tickets to the Cowboys game that you couldn't make an effort to go and, and be a part of it. Right. But for me, church is like, that's being a fan of the Cowboys. If I told you, hey, you're on the Cowboys team, like, yeah. like you're on the team and the game's at noon, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not, right? It's like, so going to church isn't like I'm going there to be a fan of Jesus. Going to church is because I'm part of the family. Family, yeah. yeah. 
right? And so that's why it's not an option of whether we go to church or not. It's because if, if you're on the team, right, you ask, well, when does the team show up and practice? When does the team show up and do, right? It's like, yeah, I'm going to be there. That's, that's what we do. And so, um, you know, church has never been an option uh, in our family um, because it's, that's, that's what we go to. That's where we train and that's where we learn and that's where we draw closer to Christ. And that's when we demonstrate, right, our love for him because he first demonstrated his love for us. So I appreciate you lear- learning that one. Yeah, I, think that, else in church? Uh, I think that goes into another really good point of just taking responsibility, uh-huh. um, owning up to your actions. Um, I mean, there were, I mean, I'll be honest, there were times in college where um, I definitely didn't want to go. There were times I didn't go and I made excuses and, and then afterwards, I'd get the call, like, why didn't you go? I was tired. Why were you tired? I went to bed really late. Well, that's on you. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that is. It's, it, they were dumb excuses. They didn't make any sense. And then um, it's just owning up to your actions, taking responsibility. It's also taking responsibility for other people's actions. Yeah. When, when things don't go your way, but maybe it's out of your control and maybe it's not you that's doing it, but it's better just to take the responsibility and own up to what's going on rather than just making a bigger mess of things. Love it. Very good. Anything else? Other, other kind of things that you guys have picked up along the way? Uh, I think going back to, to words, uh, it seems to be a, a pretty central theme in our household just because, a lot of messages you give us are consistent, which is good. I don't say there's a lot of things that dad says, oh, he only said that once. Um, probably because repetition <laughs> is what we need as boys yep. um, becoming men. But one of them is dad's, I don't know if I want to say hatred of, but just passionate distaste for arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because it's a seed that has attacked our home in different, <laughs> different areas. So that's why we hear it all the time. You guys, um, you guys have a lot to be prideful for. Exactly. So, that's, that's what it is. So we've had we to, got his genes. So yeah. Maybe so other people aren't as yeah. strong about arrogance because it doesn't exist as much in that home. But um, <laughs> And I would say our arrogance at times tends to be a little bit louder than most families, um, at least for us boys. But I love the idea that arrogance is called out sternly and with if not as much, if not more, aggression that our arrogance brings to the table, <clears throat> to the table with the passion of that is uh, against a holy God, not just arrogance, you know, towards our family. And so arrogance is just a, a pride is the root of sin. And so sure. I just love looking back how my pride would get called out. And when the, my pride gets called out, it prevents me from other sin. Yeah. And um, just being able to like have that, humility struck down out of a wise older person brought in a lot of prevention of like of other sins because arrogance was so hated in our family especially well mom too mom hated it too (laughs) mom was like you're being so arrogant right now and that life check was just like okay i need to one be in god's word and two seek forgiveness and for where i'm at and so that repentance of accountability that you guys brought with Honestly, a hatred of arrogance in our household was like really, really big. Yeah. Well, when you when you read scripture and it says God opposes the proud and gives <laughs> grace to the humble, I mean, you realize that if if I don't oppose the proud, right, and God does, then I'm standing on the opposite side of God. That's yeah. a bad place to be, <laughs> yes. right? So hu- humility is is uh, is essential, I think, for the for the young man that wants to grow up and develop. I think it's sad to see how our culture has, um, you know, kind of fed the seed. Um, of pridefulness and arrogance, especially in young men, especially in young men 
um, that are um, that are in athletics, mm. um, and and you just you see that that you know that pridefulness and that arrogance, um, and you just realize that you know a lot of guys buy into that. Like if if I'm not super arrogant, if I'm not super prideful, if I'm not you know, acting in a particular way, right, then I'm not going to be able to, you know, survive in this, in this, you know, world of athletics. And, and the unfortunate thing is, is that that's not true, right? It's not true. If you're good at what you do, right, you'll still be able to make it. Um, but if you're arrogant and you allow that seed to really take root, then everything you do comes from that position of arrogance, not just your athletic uh, endeavors, right? But everything else in life. And so you take that into your marriage, you take that into your you know, kids, you take that into every aspect of your life. Um, and I think that seed of arrogance just corrupts everything around you, right? No, nobody wants to be around a person who is their, in a sense, their own planet, that everybody else is just a moon, you know, circling around you and, and your greatness, right? No, you can't, you can't connect with people uh, from that particular regard. So I appreciate, I appreciate you bringing up the, uh, the pridefulness and the humility aspect. We've tried to ingrain that on you. Um, anything else, other things? Yeah, I think, um, trying to find people that do life well. There you go. And so for us, obviously it was you just watching you, um, hearing your story and just watching, um, like just how things are hard, learning to work hard and um, like some of the different people are our uncles and our grandfather and just watching um, when when things aren't stacked in your in your home court, when things aren't going your way, um, you don't tend to waver. Um, you understand who whose you are and um, why you're here, what your mission is. Um, and so I think for us watching you and Matthew and Robbie and granddad and understanding and Kelly. And Kelly, yeah. <laughs> and Kelly, yeah, Kelly's like I'm out in New Mexico, <laughs> New <Don't> Mexico. <laughs> but you know um, what? You, you guys really have had, and I, I know you know Granddad's been gone. You know Campbell didn't get to spend as much time with Granddad as you guys did. Um, but uh, you, you guys have come from um, maybe it's you know a very um, fortunate position that you're in, um, but a long line of just um, men who've done life well, um, who've done marriage well. Um, who, um, you know, have, have tried to raise their kids well. Um, you know, I got to experience, um, you know, Bud, granddad, your granddad, my father-in-law, Bud, um, you know, later in his life, um, you know, when I, when I married Trisha, um, but I mean, I, you know, I love stories of, uh, of Bud as a, mm. you know, as a young man growing up, love they're stories. They're like Bible stories. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're epic, right? You know, uh, Jewel the Bull, right? Not, not 100% sure if they're true. Not but, all of them. But, but they're just as but good. They're, they're, they're just, just as good. good right? They're stories. But, you know, uh, you just realize that, um, you know, him, him struggling with, um, you know, losing a kidney and, and, you know, dealing with, you know, kidney transplant and then cancer and just, you know, 14 years of his life. Uh, just fighting and battling and just watching him um, always be the guy who was on the floor with his grandkids, you know, playing and wrestling and cooking and, you know, just always there for you guys uh, and always there for his family. And, and you know, while other people are chasing um, this concept of success uh, that the world puts out there, you know, granddad and Petey, um, their idea of success was just family, right? God first, family second, and everything else didn't really matter after that. Um, and so, you know, their kids grew up in that and they married people that had that same, you know, concept. Uh, and you guys have grown up around a lot of, you know, your cousins and your aunts and uncles um, that are doing life well. And so I think that that aspect of go find people who are doing life well, there's a lot of young guys out there thinking, well, what does that mean? And it's like, that's a great question, 
right? Because the people that you, in a sense, idolize, the people that you say, hey, these are my heroes, you're going to try to do life like they do. Mm -hmm. Um, And if those people, um, you know, are just successful from the world standard, but aren't successful from God's, then when you are successful from the world standards and you run against God, right, that's that's going to be a, a part of who you are because that's what you've sought to emulate in your life. And so I think you three, right, um, you know, we, we talk about, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. Um, you know, you guys are coming, you know, in a line of people who have done life well, right, and that expectation is there for you three as well as young men, right, to lead well, to go out into the world, uh, to make it a better place, right? To invest into things that are worthwhile and significant, right? To speak words that are um, that are significant, right? To sacrifice uh, some of the things that this world would tell you are important, right? For the benefit of others, right? Those are all things that that I think you guys have as a you know as a goal in your life, and and you know as you get out into that age where you're starting to make those decisions on your own, we're going to see you guys, you know, see if you put that fruit into practice. So I think one, what each one of um, our uncles and you and granddad, each one of y'all have was the gift of being present. Yeah. And I think granddad really started off with that. Even when he was in the hospital, he would show up to our games, come and pick us up from school. And it's just the idea of being there, no matter what was going on in life. Pick you up from school, take you and go get you either donuts, donuts or... Yeah, maybe not there. healthy choices. Maybe, and then and then put you on his lap and let you drive, drive down drive. the road. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm not, such a good driver now. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not sure. Tuesday, Thursday, granted picking up from school is dangerous times. Yeah, it yeah. was, but it's just... Great times, though. It's just... <laughs> But I was just always being there. I yeah. mean, like you staying home and being being around every day. Yeah. We never worried about you <laughs> going on a business trip because there were never any of those. <laughs> That's <right>. so, <laughs> yeah. And if you were on a trip, it was two days and you were back. But I feel like a- I feel like out of the like the like a central theme along with presence, which has always been really big to us, is that dad's always been there. But like all those men, is like a heart of forgiveness. Like I think we hear a lot of stories of like maybe them being wronged, but we never hear retaliation. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so cool is like, especially just like the godly men in our home is like, because Christ forgave the only response we can do to sin is forgive. And like, because you know, love covers a multitude of sins. So why sin right when you've been sinned against, right? Love because you've been sinned against. And I think that's yeah. a theme in men is men do not hold grudges because that would mean that we'd have to do the same thing that Christ has done and Christ forgives. And so it doesn't make any sense for us not to. I know every time that we like do something dumb, going back to like what dad's most heated or upset about is probably not arrogance. I'd say probably number one is anytime we disrespect mom, mm. uh, the whole classic, what'd you say to my wife? <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying phrase right there. But, <laughs> but what follows sin in our household is, is always a, a plea for forgiveness. Mm. And, Sometimes I get definitely when we're younger, it's like an expected, I forgive you. Like you should forgive me for this. And then it's definitely needs a heart change, but forgiveness and a plea of forgiveness shows your desperation, right? For Christ. Yeah. And I think when we have that heart of forgiveness towards others, it shows like when you see someone who's a very forgiving person, it means they're in line with the will of Christ. Right. Right. Because yeah. I just, I just see that through and through. And like, that's just a picture of a godly man as one who forgives. And when he's present. And not even just us asking for forgiveness, but there are times when mom and dad will come and ask for forgiveness because um, maybe it wasn't just taken well. It's yeah, just, no, it's understanding, yeah. yes, y'all are our parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Y'all are our parents and yeah. we're supposed to learn and listen from you, but there are times when 
like y'all get things wrong or yeah. mom's um, better at asking. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and we, and we've learned, she learned, learned from the, time. she learned from the best. I think also like, not just like whenever, like we would make a mistake and we knew to ask for forgiveness, like you'd accept, but then also you wouldn't just accept. You'd also like make sure it wouldn't like happen again. You'd always like be like, okay, what can we change next time yeah. to better improve? Yeah. Cause then we don't want to do it again. Um, and so it's always like, you were always willing to forgive, but also at the same time, like you said, uh, too much is given, much is expected and required. Like we've been given much, so like we have to then do something with the forgiveness. It wasn't forgive and forget; it was forgive and fix. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's kind of how, at least in this household, we operate because we do share, you know, the the corners of the homes. So you can't just forgive someone, quote unquote, and move on. Like you need to actually mend that relationship, fix yep. that, so it doesn't happen again. Yep. Because you're about to go watch a movie with them for another hour and a half, and right. no intention to be there. Co- COVID sure helped that. <laughs> yeah. There was nowhere to go. It, so. it did. It was a good time. I, I will say this: one of the things that I've learned, um, just as a dad, in passing on what I thought was important, um, is the power of other men speaking into your lives that I really hadn't paid attention to. Um, and I really didn't pay attention to it in my life as a young man growing up either. But just I look back and I see um, how God has brought um, certain coaches into my life when I was younger who spoke, um, you know, the same truth that my dad was telling me. But somehow when a coach told me, it, it kind of just resonated in a different way. Um, you know, when I went to um, Austin, right, and Bruce Curran um, spoke truth into my life at a time uh, when my family was going through a difficult time, God supplied an older man for me. Um, you know, to, to disciple me and, and to speak truth into my life. When I came up to Dallas and God, you know, brought in uh, Mike Fetchner, right. And, you know, disciple me for a time. Um, and it's just kind of an interesting thing. I've, I've seen that in your lives now as well is how God has brought in some different men into your lives, whether they're coaches or teachers um, or just different guys that you've asked to disciple you and train you up um, that it's, it's similar to what I would tell you, but it's just kind of interesting how, um, you know, your ability to receive things um, is really different when somebody else says it in a different way. Uh, and you guys are just open to that. And so I, I love that you guys are open to pursuing those relationships uh, with, you know, an older guy to mentor and disciple you. Um, and then looking for, I, I think this is kind of the next step in your lives is looking for those other guys that you can begin to pour into, mm-hmm. right? Who are the younger men that are now going to come, you know, beneath you, right? And, you know, you can be the Paul to that Timothy, um, who are the guys, you know, who are in high school that you can kind of speak out to Campbell's still in high school. He's like, wait a second. Um, but you know, I think that's going to be kind of the responsibility then is, as so many different men have poured into you that you continue to look for those guys. Right. But then you also say, okay, um, I've been fed a lot, right? It's not just for me. It's something that I need to pass on for other people as well. I love that you bring that up because I, I always, uh, think back to my 16th birthday mm. and showing up to the school and, being told I'm just going to pick up pizza from you and I go up there and you've got like 12 15 different men just uh uncles people we still play ball with um just men that have poured into my life poured into Parker's and Campbell's and all of our lives just kind of um over the just the course course of what the last 10 15 years and they were they 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 stopped their busy days Jason our cousin was there and yeah 
just to give give me words of wisdom. Yeah. Like I was a 16-year-old kid and did not expect that, especially you're thinking you're going to get a birthday party and it's just a bunch of men there and you're like, oh, this could, this could go one of two ways. And I think a lot of what they um, said that day really still resonates with me. Just understanding that I can still go to each one of those men today. And there, there are people that I could call at any moment and it's because of the seed that you planted in our lives to understand that we can go to these people because of the relationship that you had with them. And now that we have with them. Yeah. Now Campbell's good. Cause he's not calling me out saying, Hey, I know you did that for Preston <laughs> yeah. and for Parker. I didn't have that. Yeah. yeah for your 13th birthday, by the way. Yeah. Um, Tough, but I, I thought it was at Chewy's. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know Campbell's sixteenth is at Chewy's. Yeah. So, so, so where all great birthdays are. So Cam- Campbell's now seventeen. So, right? so we'll 18. have to do it for his eighteenth birthday. Man, I totally forgot about. But now we'll yeah. know. It's more yeah. impactful for Preston. It sounds. Like <laughs> <laughs> I still have the notes from it. If you want them, yeah, right? that'd be great. Yeah, there we go. Took took some notes, put it down. But yeah, it was it was good. Um, I, you know, one of the things is the family still does that, right? For birthdays, yeah. Um, you know, we have to say, um, you know, something encouraging get about we get to, get to yeah. something encouraging about somebody. <laughs> um, you know, at weddings or things like that. I, I just think that's why, such a neat thing. Um, you know, for this particular family is is we we look for opportunities to speak encouragement and life into the lives of people around us. Um, now, not everything's easy, right? I mean, if hard things need to be said, there's opportunities to say that. Um, but I think so many people um, don't take the opportunity to try to encourage and lift up the people who are around them. And it's one of the things that I think this family does really, really well. Extended family, not just you know our six, but you know the entire extended family uh, does that really well on a continual basis. Um, you, I know you guys have a cousin little chat thing, and mm-hmm. you know you try to use that to encourage you know one another and build each other up. Um, our family chat, same thing. Right? Right. I mean, it's not perfect, right? We're not perfect, but I think that's... I think that's the, the that's, best part because yeah. it is nice. And we, we talk about family at home. We talk about family choosing out of six. It's like all 20 yeah, whatever exactly. people. But like, I like how our family talks about hard things well, too. Like, I was thinking about your podcast has been a really good avenue for that. But like Uncle Kelly's podcast yeah. with you of like, Kelly was transparent and open about hardships. And he talked about how he did that poorly and well with Christ. Yeah. And like hearing like his testimony, his story through that, and then hearing, you know, Rob and Matthew talk about what, you know, their stories and their things and Jason and just like all those people. And then granddad's story and you talk is like, is you can't talk about your story and not talk about the hard things. And so when you're, you know, sitting here when we're Campbell's in high school and we're out of college and we hear men who are 40, 50, you know, years old saying, Hey, this was hard. This is how I did it. This is how I do it. Poor this, how I do it. Well, that makes it's so much easier for us because I feel like a lot of young men don't hear a lot of older men talk about how they did things poorly because that's like the most anti-man thing to do is say, hi, I did this poorly. I remember when dad and I went to a lunch with a guy and like, I was like, it was like sophomore year of college and we're like talking to a guy to like, what does it look like to do business and like family well, family well. And I asked him the questions like, you know, how did you navigate, you know, a healthy home life, but also excel in business in your career and be successful in that? And he said, I didn't. I I was like, oh (laughs) oh, man, (laughs) but it was, but it was encouraging because I had seen it at my home and I had seen it in my uncles. Right. And I had seen it in, you know, now, you know, Jack growing up and you know, I'm seeing him do that a little bit, a couple years before us. Yeah. And so those kind of things were always encouraging, even though when I would ask certain people, their answer was always, I didn't do it well. Um, but it was encouraging to hear people be honest about that and encouraging to hear, I didn't do it well, but this is how I fix it. This is how I came to Christ. This is how I came to church and do yeah. that well. So yeah. I feel like a lot of that goes back to like being like 
going back to humility, yeah. like they talked about how they might have messed up, but also the good stuff. It's like they had to be humble of being like, yeah, I didn't do that well. Like, yeah, that family situation I wasn't able to do well. But at the same time, like they are willing to be open up about it and not be arrogant about it. Yeah. That's good. Well, any any last thoughts for the hundredth episode? Um, I know um, training for manhood, you know, was a was a an idea of a book that I was going to write, um, and then found out that you know, writing books for <laughs> young guys is kind of like they're not going to read it. Um, and so we, we started. We would have read it that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I for sure would have would have gone on. Yeah. Last. Well, but we started the podcast nearly two years ago. We're we're you know a year and uh, three quarters of the way into this podcast, and mm-hmm. so this is our hundredth episode. And um, you guys have been a huge encouragement to me um, to um, you know to do the podcast to keep it going. Um, you know whether people are listening to it or not listening to it, it's uh, you know it's it's something that we're putting out there, and it's available for young guys um, hopefully to listen to learn. Uh, to make adjustments in life, to have conversations. Uh, hopefully it's, you know, something that's encouragement for older guys to listen to, um, to be able to take, you know, and have these conversations with the younger guys in their life. And I think it's just such an, uh, such an important um, part of our journey um, is learning how to do life better and being challenged by other guys to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's hopefully what the podcast does. And I appreciate you guys um, in a sense, kind of being a part of it and being, um, you know, the reason Right, that we're actually doing training for manhood is because you're the the three guys that I'm I'm trying to train up, and uh, and you know my heart's desire is that you guys would do life and do it really really well. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing this hundredth episode with me. Appreciate y'all you asking us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks yeah. for having us thanks on. Having yeah. us. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And the, the checks in the mail. So yeah, yeah. yeah. you didn't have you didn't have any other guests for this episode. <laughs> but I think to finish, like with that thought, is all of training for manhood is not about the guests you have on the show or the people is like, if you don't have people in your life of who to look up to, it's like, go read the gospels or go read just all of scripture. It's like Christ was that. And so even though we talk about a lot of things of how to do things well, and like you could take all the points from what we talked about today is dad never failed to talk about that with scripture or be like, Hey, this is how Jesus did it. Like we're dad did things well because dad did things poorly and was open about that and did things with through scripture and like how we talked about it and prayed through it and those kind of things. And so like training for manhood is so important with Christ and it's so impossible <laughs> without Christ. Yeah. And so like if you are trying to train for manhood or train others to become men, right. And do it without Christ. It's like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't work. It doesn't right? work. Not, not only is he the, you know, the, the perfect example of, of a man's man, what you're supposed to look like. Um, but with the power of the Holy spirit, he can actually help you and transform you and lead you and guide you. And I think that's, you know, that's the important thing in scripture when you know, so scripture is God breathed and it's profitable, right? It's useful, right? For training, right? I mean, for correction, for reproof, but it's for training and, you know, training for manhood. What does that mean? It means go to God's word, open it up, read, um, and take a look at what God has designed for you, figure out who he is and then who you are in light of him. Um, and then say, okay, God, how do I get there? Right. How do I get to become the man that you've designed for me to be? And the cool thing is the scripture like literally walks you through that particular journey. Right. And that's what the Holy spirit does in your life. So if you've never, if you've never done that and you're trying to train for manhood, right, it, be, it can become a, a very frustrating journey um, of trying to get to a particular place that you can't get to on your own. 
And that's, that's the great thing about, you know, being a follower of Christ is that he actually helps you, right? He says, Hey, I'll send you a helper. And that's what he's done. He sent us a helper, right? He's given us the Holy spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us his example. And those things put together, right? Help us move beyond a point where we can get to on our own. So. I think the uh, other part of training is it just admitting that you're not where you want to be. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Like when you, yeah. when you train in basketball, you, you don't have all the skills you want. Yep. Yeah. So training for manhood, you don't have all the skills. You're not exactly where you want to be. You, you know, you can do things better and yep. you know, there's people yep. in your life that can help you get to that. Point. So if you want to get to that point, then put in the work to get there. Exactly. I love it. All right, guys, appreciate your time and uh, go back and enjoy um, your wonderful Saturday sunny afternoon and uh, I, I thank you guys for what your uh, what your work is and putting in this training for manhood episode so appreciate you guys thank you for listening to training for manhood if you found the conversation to be valuable make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts also check out additional content on our website trainingformanhood.com that's training the number four manhood.com until next time in the words of King David Be strong and show yourself a man.